Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch dice today welcome back my kindred to blood and syrup a vampire the masquerade live play podcast i am sylvania dracul your host through this world of darkness with a moment to breathe the coterie were formally introduced cctv footage revealed that the frenzy and kindred all from different clans had been released on the station's doorstep by two vans from the sunset retirement home This revelation confirmed the Coterie's suspicions that the attack was intentional. But how will the deputies react to Everett's decision to promptly erase the video? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Two weeks before Everett arrived in New Haven, Val... You were sitting in Cherry on a covert mission alongside your sire, Rufus Cross. A group of children had been taken from New Haven, kidnapped in the night, and you're there to make the exchange. Uh, Your sire has $200,000 U.S. in a briefcase, uh, and he's ready to head into a warehouse at the edge of Calgary. It's isolated. There are no stars in the sky. There's almost no light. The power to the building appears to have been cut. 
and he's ready to walk in. He's in his usual gear. He wears the official sheriff uniform at all times. As far as you can tell, he's never really had street clothes. There was just the vampire version of the sheriff uniform, which involved uh, a gold choker, all black trench coat, uh, and the same style of fedora-ish hat that Everett wears. Now he's in small town sheriff gear. He's in his his traditional kind of brown shirt, the pants. Uh, he's tall, he's lean. Uh, he would be played by some sort of Hollywood leading man, but in a TV version, not the movie. You know, that kind of TV branded, uh, handsome five o'clock shadow. And he's ready to head in. And he looks to you and just says, all right, kid, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to trade this cash and I'm going to send them kids out. You get them out of here and then I'm going to go start shooting. So get the kids out, come back. We'll clean this mess up. These children of Lilith or whatever, they're all going down. Damn right. And he gives you a nod and he climbs out of your, out of cherry out of the side uh, and heads into the building. And you find yourself wishing that your last words had been somewhat more meaningful than damn right. Because four minutes later, after he's disappeared into this warehouse, uh, a stream of children run out. They're all mortal. They're between the ages of six and ten. Uh, they, they sprint as fast as they can out of the building. Uh, and as they're clear and coming towards Ch- uh, Cherry, I'm so, uh, sorry, the car as a character is just rocking <laughs> my mind right now, but I'm still rolling with it. Um, but they, they're sprinting towards Cherry, and you see flashes of gunfire uh, occur inside. I'm imagining you run towards the gunfire either to get the kids out or get engaged. Yeah, I think she would wait for a bit, but as soon as there's gunfire, she would like open both the doors and run out with a shotgun, run towards them, and be like, get in the car, all of you. And the moment that word is out of your mouth, you turn towards the warehouse, and there is an explosion of flame and glass, and debris, and chunks of the building. Using your body, you manage to shield uh, the children so they don't take a hit. Uh, Can you roll me a dexterity in athletics? Sure. Let's see. Or if you think you would just tank this, I would allow a strength in athletics. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Strength and athletics. So that is six. And should I roll any hunger dice on it? Uh, one hunger die. Okay. Six. Oh my gosh. Only one success out of all of that. <laughs> yeah, you suffer uh, three aggravated damage while getting hit and pinned by flaming debris. Uh, but you do... Uh, just barely, because I will not let any bad thing happen to a child in this campaign, Uh, (laughs) just barely managed to shield uh, the children from being hurt. But when you look back, the fire is burning brighter and brighter until the whole scene is lit like daylight. And you realize around the warehouse, it's not just flame, it's white phosphorus. It is the hottest burning substance on the planet, and it has fully engulfed the warehouse. This was an ambush. They traded these kids to kill the sheriff, to Hmm. kill Rufus Cross. And you know there was no way into this place or out of this place from below or above. That's why they chose here. Your sire is dead in an ambush by the children of Lilith, and you didn't save him. And that is what's running through your mind 
as you drive towards the Sunset Retirement Home. <laughs> are you the kind of officer who would drive Cherry at all times, or would you take a squad car if you are on police business? No, she would drive the car at all times. <laughs> so you were driving yes. Cherry, uh, yep. and Evie, you were in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we know, Everett had discovered that there were vans from the Sunset Retirement Home, and he decided that was what had to be done and deleted the evidence and immediately stormed out. So it's a few minutes later, inside Cherry, which is you're leading the way, Val, I think, because mm-hmm. Everett doesn't really know where anything is in town. Uh, you've got Evie in your vehicle, and because Everett is similar height, nearly identical voice to Rufus, clearly an inferior sheriff to Rufus, who was in every way the 80s action hero cop that people would want even when he was with the Camarilla. Uh, Now you're on a case. This is what's going on. And the only person you can talk to, because they're the only person who's lost something as significant as you have in the previous months, because you know you were there when Evie was discovered and you were the one who brought down her killer... What do you say to Evie about this? And Evie, you haven't had a chance to address this. You did know Rufus Cross. Not super well, but you knew him. You knew he was Val's father figure as well Mm -hmm. as sire. And he does look and sound exactly like Everett. Val would, after like a long silence of them driving for a bit, Val would just speak up and say, Clark, good work back there. Nice shooting. Yep. Um, and is so is Everett in the back or Everett is he and, in the car behind Everett us? And, Everett and Doris are in a squad car behind you. Doris okay. is driving. Uh, Everett is in the passenger seat. Okay. So I think Evie just says, um, so is, is that going to be, is that going to be distracting with the whole Rufusness of the Everett. <laughs> Her hands, like on the steering wheel, grip harder, and she's just like, "I, I don't fucking know how to deal with this." Okay. Like, like who the who the fuck is this guy? Like, he's obviously not a sheriff. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, I think he's going to get us all killed. Like, we haven't had fucking enough of that. Like, just... <laughs> she is like, take some deep breaths to try to calm back down. Because her her vampire bane is getting angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, let's... let's. Okay, how about this? How about we do what we gotta do? And then if we need to get rid of him, we need to get rid of him. And that's fine. Val, the thing you're aware of because you're more politically savvy, I think you hate that you're politically savvy, but Mm -hmm. you are somewhat savvy, is if Everett goes, New Haven is declared a bust. Because the Camarilla across Canada have declared that this place will only last as long as its sheriff can stay in control. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's going to shake her head and just <sighs> as much as I appreciate that it's we need him, whoever the fuck he is. So 
I guess we have to make it work. Fuck. And on that depressed note, the two of you are left with a problem and searching for a solution. Just (laughs) how do you solve a problem like an Everett is what you're wondering. Uh, But you continue to drive. (laughs) Meanwhile, one car back. Doris, you're aware of where you're going. You're following Cherry in a squad car. Think traditional 1980s to 1990s Crown Vic that's been painted up in the small town sheriff colors you would expect from television. (laughs) I think the Camarilla's idea of blending in is not entirely understanding human society. So a lot of it's just kind of like copy paste pop culture. Great. Um, Everett is in the the side seat. Everett, you've been cleaned up. Uh, There were some like co-sheriff Bart had some wet naps so you could kind of clean your face up and you're now wearing one of his uniforms. Uh, it is too baggy on you, and clearly yeah. they're going to. He promised that he'd order some in, but that could take some time. So I think you can keep your coat, but under it is just kind of baggy, you know, sheriff okay. shirt that's a little too wide. Uh, and unfortunately, Bart only had backup shorts, so you are in not not Reno nine one one tight and high, oh. but just down to the knee kind of board shorts. <laughs> right. I had to poke a a new hole in the belt to kind of cinch that around my very, very skinny waist. Yeah. Yeah. And now you are heading towards the Sunset Retirement Home. Doris, him deleting stuff probably doesn't make a lot of sense to you. You've no basic police work and mystery solving, but Everett, you are on the hunt due to your messy success. You found your Mm -hmm. evidence. You know exactly what you need to do. Though I think at this point, you're realizing that you may not actually know what that is. Uh, you do have this moment to connect without, I'd say, the the stern and sullen Val <laughs> or the uh, sometimes confrontationally confident Evie. Yeah. I think uh, Doris is, she's got like her hands in the wheel and she looks like she absolutely should not be driving a car. Like somebody would <laughs> be like, why is that child driving a car? Um, and uh, without looking at you, She's going to say, I'm going to ask you a question now, Sheriff. Uh, sure, go ahead. How do you feel about violence? Uh, not my first choice, but uh, more and more often these days, it feels like the only one. I see. It looks like she's not even going to follow up on that question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mind if I ask you something? Of course. You're the uh, sheriff. Right, yeah, I'm I'm the sheriff. Uh, <clears throat> those two in that, uh, that other car there, uh, doesn't seem to be uh, any kind of secret that they don't like me. Um, I, I can't say I've made a, a good first impression. Um, well, you kind of broke in uh, to, to the whole scene and then tried to eat someone sir so can you blame them no 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 and i'm not i'm not looking to blame them uh my question is uh how come you're not acting the way they are well they they have a different kind of fire in them i suppose and i like to think that if we keep to ourselves and don't make a fuss then everything will be fine, Mr. Sheriff. I just think the world would be better if everyone were a little bit more peaceful. But peace comes at many costs, does it not? 
Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Indeed. So, if you can't have peace, you have to create it. And she right. knows, like, to, that, that probably doesn't make sense, but she feels like she's like, yes. <laughs> yes. That was profound. Um, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and she's going to kind of just fix you, like, her hands on the wheel and just fix you with a look. Um, and just say, I don't like violence, Mr. Sheriff. It's chaotic and barbaric. Do you understand? Yeah, I, I understand, Doris. Uh, though I want you to know things may get violent when we arrive at... Uh, it's called Sunset? Yeah, the Sunset Retirement Home. Thank you. Things may get violent when we arrive at uh, Sunset Retirement Home there. After all you saw in that footage, this is where those feral vampires came from. Why did you delete it? What? Why did you delete it? I, I, I don't know. It seemed like that was it, you know? That was our lead, and I was ready to go, you know, trying to take initiative and decided that was that. See, sir, you ask why they don't like you. Well, that's why. No, oh, I'm... I'm pretty sure about why they don't like me. <laughs> it's not a... Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's not really an unknown factor to me. And that's the last thing Everett gets to say before Cherry <laughs> rolls to a stop in front of you and your squad car rolls to a stop behind it. Uh, can you r- roll me a drive and either dexterity or intelligence, Doris? <laughs> don't hit this car. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, drive and dexterity or intelligence, whichever you think. If it's if she's paying attention, it is more of like an active driver than intelligence. Otherwise, I would take dexterity if it's just an instinctual thing. If she's not paying full attention, okay. I'd even let you do wits. It's your call. What yeah. kind of driver is Doris? I think. Uh, no, I think she she does things without really paying attention. <laughs> dexterity. So, yeah. That feels right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with one hunger dice, so there we go. Oh no, Val! I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> it. No, there's. I don't get any successes. That's that's fickle fail. All right. Uh, <laughs> you do stop. Thursday. Unfortunately, you stop while gently colliding with the back of Val's car. This isn't like totaling it. You weren't speeding, but you're the person who probably shouldn't be driving in the small parking lot. So you just creep forward. I think Everett, you're in that passenger seat doing that hand on the dash thing where it's like break, (laughs) break. And then just there's a bonk and everybody gets a little bit shook. Uh, Doris, does this happen to you normally? Do you react to this happening? No. For Doris, this is a parking job well done. Uh, Val, someone has just bumped into Doris has just bumped into Cherry with a squad car from behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're parked, but what happens now? And Val just like has to sit there for a moment <laughs> to try to not explode because she knows that it's Doris, and Val at least knows how to fix her own car. But it's like an entire minute plus that she's just sitting, gripping the wheel, attempting to ramp herself back down, like. 
<laughs> well, Evie sits next to her. Yeah. And I mean, just like ha- she has her hand kind of like it's it's up. It's like ready to grab her arm. <laughs> All right. I will say let's do a hmm, let's do a composure. Oh, no. And uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's do a composure and an awareness and add an extra die because Evie is a, a balancing force for you. OK, good. Uh, is this. Always have to remove one die to resist anger. Because that's uh, my vampire bane. Yes, then you would need to oh, remove one shit. die for this bull. So Evie's help will be balanced out by your never-ending furnace of rage. <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right. You said it was composure. Composure and I'm I think awareness. Where is awareness? There it is. Oh, this is not too bad. <laughs> The composure because it's you trying to keep yourself together and the awareness because it's your awareness of Doris's shortcomings. Totally, totally. All right. So thankfully, that's, thankfully that's six dice and then the anger is wow. equaled out by Evangeline. Yes, you've got one hunger die. <laughs> awareness. That's so great. <laughs> oh my God. They're, they're all successes. Six successes. Oh, uh, nice. This is a big moment for you i think (laughs) the fact that everett is here and new sheriff and you have so many other complications like you feel like you may have had a moment of personal growth that you have not ripped doris out the front window of the car which i think you did in your head you were around and then just punched through window and she came out but you're here and you are in control of yourself so there will be no negative effects moving forwards oh thank god she just lets out the longest breath and then just gives a nod and, you know, turns the car off and gets out. And just, we are never to speak of this. Hopefully Doris doesn't say anything because we're just not going to speak of this. As that happens, <laughs> <laughs> Doris is going to kind of like glide past her and just say, did you know the back of your car's paint is chipped? And then just kind of keep walking. <laughs> oh, Val just growls like an animal growl that just like low and... She's going to be the last to walk in because she's just trying to fucking keep her shit together today. (laughs) Excellent. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you to Karst's Code and Crown, a live play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. Karst's Code and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! Episodes are available now. So you are all walking into the Sunset Retirement Home. It is a four-story tall building. It is very square. It is a giant cube. It's one of the structures that was here before New Haven was built. Uh, It was just kind of a rundown apartment building. Uh, But instead, now it is covered in colorful paint uh, and decorations. There are things hanging in the windows. There are murals across the building that were painted with, I would say, enthusiasm rather than skill. Uh, Just Hmm. groups of children playing. There's a bit of it that's medieval for some reason. There's just a lot of mishmashes of art 
that you were like, if if a really weird person took a drug trip and went painting on a scale, this might be it. Uh, there is a parking lot to the side where kind of guest vehicles can visit. And then there's a walled off and fenced, a wooden fence about seven feet tall, tall enough to keep people out from casual climbing, but not fortified in any way. Uh, parking section towards uh, the rear of the building. Uh, heading towards the front, it's very kind of traditional. There are two glass kind of double doors with the cover over top for rain. Uh, there are a number of elderly people wandering around, some of them sitting, not like lost in like a confused, scary M. Night Shyamalan way, but in like, no, they're going about and, and kind of living their lives at night uh, as you approach. Uh, I'm imagining you go inside or what? what is your plan to approach here? Well, Everett would want to just kind of address the group really briefly and say, um, now hold on, given what we know about what transpired here, uh, how do y'all typically deal with policing other vampires. Because, you know, I watched you two, and he looks to, like, Evangeline and and Val uh, gun down one of them feral vampires at the station. No one seemed to have a problem with me shooting another one in the head. But when I bit back one of them that was trying to maul me, that was kind of a line, and I respect that. But I just want to know what the other lines are. Uh... Who do you think would be the of the three of you the one that would instinctually speak for the group? Every group has this person, the one who dives in. Is it Doris because she's clueless, or is it one of the other two of you because you're purposeful? Hey, yeah, uh, I feel like it would be. Oh gosh, I was going to talk because Val knows stuff, but she doesn't like talking. So, okay, so it's I feel not like Val. It's, I feel like it would be Evangeline. Yeah, I um, think like it's hard because she's so new at this. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you have so much more personableness than we do. <laughs> okay, so I think this makes sense because you you all have been serving together for already two months on the force and some training beforehand. Doris, yeah. you would have known Val uh, for a while. Val was turned in the 80s, I believe, Val. I just want to yes. make sure I'm getting this right. Yes. So you've known Val for 40 years. Yeah. Um, in passing, not like your friends, but you would see each other around mm-hmm. court. Uh, and Evie is new blood, but generally seems like a decent a decent person for all of the pros and cons that that is about mortals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Evie, you're you're the the chatterer of of the bunch. What, what case do you think this was decided during? Uh, we will say it was the case where you guys brought down Elliot Trubeau. Uh, was the criminal involved? That'd be the name at the top of the thing. Yet again, thank you, Patreon. Um, <laughs> I'm going to point out when they're Patreon and Emmy. Uh, yeah. But Elliot Trubeau is the case. I will say, uh, Val, what crime had Elliot Trubeau committed? Oh, um, Elliot Trubeau was, <laughs> <laughs> was stealing excess vampire rations. Excellent. So we had a blood thief, which would be a big deal in this community. Yes. Mm. Uh, this would have been back under Rufus. Again, Rufus died two weeks ago, just to set the timeline. Two weeks ago as Rufus died, New Keep Haven began in. officially... <laughs> Uh, eight weeks ago, so two months. Um, Doris, what was the piece of evidence that catching Elliot Trubeau uh, revolved around? What was the critical piece of, of evidence? The big clue. Ooh. Um, he left his shirt at the crime scene. <laughs> there you go. A blood thief who left his shirt at the crime scene. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Evie, 
I'm assuming I should go with Evie or Evangeline as the voice of God. I just don't know what you want me to call this character on an ongoing basis. Um, uh, it, it's up to you. Evangeline might be easier to distinguish from Everett because I made it unintentionally okay. sound too close to Everett. <laughs> yep, you did. Uh, okay, Evangeline. I'm fine with that. So, Evangeline. Uh, this whole thing came down to someone being talkable and kind of approachable, and that was the thing that led to the capture. So how did your ability to win people over and be, like, the face of the group capture Elliot Trubeau? Um, I think it was largely as someone who was a trusted figure on TV – uh, prior to this, um, it was basically me going, essentially seeking people out door to door until someone knew my face and basically, um, uh, hmm. I don't so know. That's my you, starting point. So you crowdsource your solution. No, I think that's the answer. Yeah, you, you I, I think were, that's what I would do. You were able to get the community to open up in a way that none of the yeah. other vampires could. Doris is innately unsettling for people to have to deal with generally, though also very likable. It's a real up-down scenario with her. I, my mm -hmm. charisma is very high. Because mm -hmm. I, I, think, I, think, I think Evangeline would approach this almost like a politician going door to door before an election, like to try to see like how people are feeling and what's going on like that. I think that's how that would be her approach. So Val identified the, the patterns in blood disappearances. Doris, through her magical, mystical ways, sourced the shirt that was tied to the criminal. And using that shirt and your crowdsourcing door-to-door -door plucky local <laughs> cable weather woman uh, celebrity, uh -huh. that you found the evidence which led to the eventual capture uh, of Elliot Trubeau, who was executed by Rufus Cross for the heinous crime of blood theft because he threatened all of New Haven. And that's just... We'll find these cases as our tale goes on where we can mm -hmm. lock down your dynamic because I didn't want to assign it. And I think this is a fun way to do it. But that is why the other two look to you when Everett asks for how things are usually done. Uh, I would say because you're a reasonably put together person. Oh, do not know. This should be a role. All right. Awareness. And <laughs> I will take uh, intelligence or wits or I would allow charisma. For me? Yes. Um, I think think charisma great yeah your ability to kind of read read what he's got going on okay and that's one hunger die yes oh i am yeah. also going to instate a rule that i want to balance this is totally homebrewed on my part but i find the bestial failure version of things in vampire is a little bit vague so i just want to make it super easy two tens will always add two extra successes like we've talked about for crit success mm -hmm. if you roll two ones it's minus two successes Oof. So there are consequences to multiple like ones. Uh, and then if one of those ones is on a hunger die and you end up failing, that's our bestial failure. Because that helps my brain remember instead of it being like no successes whatsoever plus a one on a hunger die. And I'm like, can it just be the same? I just want the same. <laughs> so it's the same for us. No, now. that's easy to remember. I like that. Yeah. Okay. I am rolling. Um, That is... <sighs> Three successes. Three successes. All right. I, I 
I wanted to to flavor this for you in some way, but you feel Everett's question is actually perfectly literal. He's not trying to come in. This isn't an insulting, like, what do the locals think? He seems to actually want you to tell him how he should be doing this. Mm-hmm. Which is very different than you would expect from the guy who said, I think we're all screwed. What if we just give up, like, yeah. an hour ago? Um. So, um, and Evangeline says, well, we're here. So we should talk to people. I mean, we we have no idea what's going on, right? Like, like think about this. I mean, okay, let's let's just say you're an actual sheriff and that you already know this and you're telling me this and like you're telling us this and I'm not telling us this because that just feels better to me to think that like you would be coming up with this stuff. But we don't actually know like who did this. Did people steal the vans and drop people off? Were the people you know I don't know. Were did the people work here? who frenzied and attacked us. Did the people who drove the cars work here? Like, I I don't know that we should go in guns blazing. That's probably not the best bet. So why don't we just, you know, as official sheriffs and sheriff's deputies, walk through the front door and ask to talk to someone. I like talking to people. You know, police work stuff. Right. Yeah, I actually do know how to do that part. It was mostly about enforcing the law of New Haven. Um, you know, vampire is going to run, vampire is going to attack you, that kind of thing. Uh, okay, so you know, you, you know some that? stuff. I know. Uh, I've, I've, I have been uh, an investigator and a detective. Oh, uh, so that that part, I've, I've got a pretty, pretty decent handle on. It's the, uh, the other part, you know. Uh, feel like we got off on the wrong foot in the station. Yeah, no, that's egg on my face. All right. So, yeah, the, the usual stuff then. Okay. The so usual we go stuff. For, we go for non-lethal unless we feel our lives are in danger, and then it's A-OK to... Uh... Yes. Just no more sucking souls. <laughs> Look, I don't even know what that was. Um, it was sucking a soul, sir. All right. I guess we got a label for it now. Uh no more soul sucking. Got it. So that you need to be reminded of. That's something that you didn't know. This is fantastic. That's something I didn't know was even possible until tonight. Uh, shall we go inside? Yes. Val, Val is going to go walk around the back and go to the parking lot and try to find a fucking van. She's like, oh, this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and as the rest of you turn and go, and you start seeing some of the elderly people looking over, and you just hear like, "Oh, oh, Evangeline! Oh, is that Evangeline? Evangeline!" Uh, and and I, I, think, I turn, I turn and wave. Do I, I hear this? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll so I turn and like give a big wave, like, "Hi, everybody! Hi, folks!" <laughs> I told you, Mort, <laughs> it is Evangeline. Thank you, you just, for watching. Brian, is this a? Sorry, this might be a dumb question. Is this a human retirement home? Uh, yes. Okay. You you would all be relatively familiar with the large businesses of the area, and this is a pretty well established one. Uh, you would also would have the little kind of computers in your vehicles that would let you track where you're going. Uh, I don't think Doris. Doris would use that. I would not but, use that. It's evil. Uh, it is a human retirement home uh, run by a mortal. Okay, cool. The majority of businesses in the areas are run by mortals. It was one of the things that let 
a lot of mortals want to join New Haven was A, their life would be paid for, and B, they would have the ability to start whatever business or whatever industry they wanted. Right. It also means a lot of the businesses in the area are much more eclectic than they would be in terms of traditional businesses, hence the weird art, the fact that all of the retirement people are just kind of wandering around living their best lives outside, some of them doing very well and others doing more question markish. Um but as you go in, you don't see any kindred uh, amongst uh, the couples walking around or that kind of thing. The building also doesn't look light tight. There's a lot of windows. Um, so it would light not be tight. the kind of place you'd want to hole up during the day if you were kindred. Cool. Uh, as you stride uh, inside, you find there is a... a... <laughs> what are all these like elderly people doing just like in the dark, like hanging out on the lawn? There are a couple <laughs> of them. Like some evening. of them are sitting by a, a little lake that's been decorated. There's some croquet okay. going on. Uh, it's got the energy generally from the crowd of like teenagers who've snuck out at night. Okay. Okay. Uh, gotcha. it's, it's, it's like, oh, everyone's living their best lives in a way they normally wouldn't be able to in a gotcha. retirement community. Uh, and when you step inside, you see a wildly decorated hall. There's art everywhere. There are people kind of doing crafts. There are a bunch of old people just smoking a joint around a TV in like a central common area. Like it's clearly the the restaurant at mealtimes, but now they're in there, some bingo. But it's a lot more relaxed than you'd think. And there's just, for lack of a better term, this like toad of a woman. Just short. She's almost round. She's got the frizziest hair. She's in a, a muumuu with bright patterns on it. And she's like, hey, welcome to welcome to the Sunset Retirement Home. I'm Lorelei Beerfest. This is what I run. Uh, how can I help you officers? <laughs> We'd like to speak to you about a crime. <laughs> oh, well, uh, okay. Sorry. I, I, nobody's doing crimes here. Listen, this is just a retirement community run by somebody who's also retired. Look at all the fun we have. Yeah, we don't need to do crimes. We're, we're vampire people or whatever. Hi there, Lorelai. Um, say, uh, uh, have you filed a report for any missing vans or anything like that? Well, I, uh, I don't have any missing vans. Okay. Um, I see. Uh, do you have a... Do you have designated drivers for your vans? Well, we got keys, and then I hang them up in a thing outside. It's inside the fenced-off area, so none of us olds will get in there by accident. Oh, I see. You have security <laughs> camera footage for that spot? Uh, yeah, yeah, we should. Everything's great here. It's just a normal night. That's that's great. Would you mind if we uh, uh, perused that footage? Uh, uh, and that in the parking lot, if you if you don't mind. Sure, sure. You can check out the parking lot. Otherwise, you can come with me and I'll show you what's going on. When that, that, she, that'd be great. When she says it's just a normal night, can I tell if she's telling the truth? Um, yeah, yeah. Let's do a roll for that. Uh, what, what skills do you think you'd be using to try to figure this out? Um, I think I would probably be using uh, insight. Great. Uh, and then is this trusting your gut as in a wits? Or would this be your mathing it out with intelligence? Um... I th I feel like no. I feel like it'd be wits. Great. Let's uh, let's go with that then. So wits and insight. All right. Ooh, that's uh, four successes. Four successes. Yes. The wording nice. she used was odd. Very rarely would people in a conversation say, oh, it's just a normal night. <laughs> Police officers <laughs> asked how the night was going. Uh, so that does stand out. But she's not nervous. She's not hiding anything. So 
you can't tell if it's just she's weird, but it would to <laughs> Doris sit as, hmm, that stands out. Right. Um, can I, uh, can I uh, compel her to tell me what is unusual about her night? Uh, yeah, yeah, you could absolutely. Um, are, are you just wanting to do this conversationally or uh, do you have dominate? I believe you might be able to do that. I do. Yeah, it's a it's a dominate spell. I, I think she would just say like, uh, tell like, uh, just that just tell me what's unusual about this very normal night. Awesome. And is this, I'm imagining the, the like locked eyes slowly, like intensity somehow for the other two vampires standing there, because Everett, you've seen this with Ridley. Ridley can dominate people, not to the point of having a conversation with them. He can just wipe some time. Yeah. So this is clearly higher powered. Um, And Evangeline, you've seen this before. Again, this is not totally surprising for you. Doris is kind of your secret weapon in interrogations. (laughs) Yeah. So let's, uh, let's roll for it. So what, how does, how does compel work compel is uh charisma plus dominate versus intel intelligence and resolve okay yeah Uh, if they're uh, if they're unprepared i succeed yeah i i don't think she's i don't think she's fighting you on this uh so yeah you succeed and she looks at you and she's just like yeah everything was starting out fine there was a sunset and then uh it's just a normal night just a normal night. Just a normal night. Uh, and then after dinner, everybody was going out to kind of do what they wanted to do. And then uh, now we're here. So just a normal night then. Oh, yeah. Just a normal night. She's just going to uh, she'll she'll look at uh, Evangeline and Everett and just say. I don't think it was a normal night. No. Thank you. All right, come with me. I'll show you to the, the cameras. Uh, and she starts leading you towards the security office on the front floor. But we will cut to outside where Val, uh, you are you are approaching the fenced in parking area. Are you going to hop the fence? What's your plan here? Oh, yeah, she could totally just hop the fence. She'll just <laughs> climb over the fence, whatever. Yeah, I'm not even going to make you roll that. Val can climb the fence. Vampire zip up the fence. And down. <laughs> yeah, but she's yeah. just thinking about the license plate and trying to look for that specific van. That's all. Yeah. So when you get into the back area, you can see there are, uh, there are four spaces and there are two vans in those spaces. Two of the spaces in the center are empty. Uh, let's just do, how do you think you're investigating this? I'm imagining it's investigation. That feels like I a step do one. Investigation. <laughs> uh, intelligence wits. Uh, what do you think it is? Composure? Composure. Probably. Okay, yeah, so it's still your ability to just kind of keep yourself focused on this case instead of being distracted by, by the, being mess, mad. <laughs> the mess that is life. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I will give you a bonus die because you succeeded so much in centering yourself in the car outside. Aww. I feel like six successes deserve some sort well, thank of... Thank you. All right, so that's five. I'm rolling that in one hunger dice. Great. That is three successes. Great. So... Of the two empty spaces, you see in the bottom of both that there are oil stains. Mm -hmm. Just where you see older vehicles or less well-maintained vehicles can kind of stain the ground. Uh, You are smart and experienced enough to crouch down and check under the two other vans. And you can see that they don't have that kind of damage on their undercarriage. They're not leaking anything. So clearly there are vehicles that would regularly be here Mm -hmm. that are not at this moment. 
Uh, when you look back to the entrance inside this, it's it's one of those little L shapes. There's a little bit of an L that leads out with kind of the gate, and then the rest of it is fenced into the length of the building. Uh, there is a shed that is locked with, a, you know, you'd imagine an equipment shed, but you're not sure against the one wall. Or there is a small for lack of a better term, lockbox, one of those steel boxes. Mm. You don't actually see a lock on it. You get the feeling that this place might be a little hippy-dippy. Uh, mm-hmm. So you could check that out. Are you more interested in the lockbox and the stuff in the building, or are you going to check out the shed? Let's check out the shed. <laughs> if, the, if the other one looks like it's mostly open anyway, the shed is more interesting if there's something weird. Yeah. Yeah. As you approach, the shed itself is locked which is strange and it's not locked once it actually has three padlocks that look brand new (laughs) in the way a lot Mm. of the other things in this building seem run down these locks are clearly new and functional uh there's one at the ground one at the regular kind of door locking height and one at the top it's a Mm -hmm. steel structure it's pretty solid but it's not bulletproof this is clearly still just a utility shed that was put up sometime not instantly this is not looking new but it's relatively you know recent uh, what do you want to do? There are no windows. Uh, do you want to try to break down the doors? Do you want to try to break the locks? What's your plan? Or do you want to go ask for keys? There's a lot of options here. Oh, yeah. No, you let's, are a police let's officer. try to uh, open the locks because she has larceny. because She knows how to pick <laughs> locks and enter places. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Let's go with the lock picking then. That sounds great. Uh, I will have you do one check for all three instead of three checks because that just seems silly. Yes. Okay. So larceny and... Should I use something else? Uh, I would say uh, dexterity would be an option. I dexterity would say, is good. Okay, or, or yeah. you could use composure if you wanted to. They are the same, so dexterity right. sounds good. All right, then let's go that's, with dexterity. Yeah, all right. We'll so switch up the. the that's thing. six again. <laughs> let's see. I got two successes. Two successes. Uh, You managed to open uh, the bottom lock and the top lock, but they were both of a lesser quality than the one at the center of the door handle, which is clearly high-priced, thick steel, very well put together. Mm -hmm. What do you do now? Oh, kick in the rest of the door. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's do a strength and brawl. (laughs) Okay. I have a feeling that's not going to be a problem for Val. (laughs) (laughs) Just a problem of me counting now. Uh, So that is eight dice. (laughs) Oh my God, she's like on the same level as Ridley. (laughs) Okay, let's see. Oh no, that's a 10 on a hunger dice, but only one. And roll any ones. No ones. Two, three successes. Three successes. Uh, You smash the door in, but it's still intact. You can go further to find out what is in the shed, but you will break the shed. Like, there won't be a shed left. You'll have caved in or knocked off the shed, as though you were, one could say, a vampiric tornado removing it from this environment. (laughs) Uh, I I almost want to hold there, because it's going to depend on whether someone stops her from destroying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no one stops you. 
So this is just your last choice. You can go in and ask for a key now, or you can keep going. No, or just fuck this door. <laughs> right. She Let's... probably says that while she boots it. She's like, oh, fuck this door. Great. It's going to be a strength and a brawl. I will say you kicked in the door so you can actually reach under the edge of the building, which is bolted down, and you're just going to flip the whole shed if you could do this. So let's go for it. Right. So it's the same again. All right. I mean, I could be ridiculous. And I could I could rouse the blood and add three to my roll. Yes, you could. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a fun thing to do. So right, so you're very angry. Uh, yes. Rouse the blood, friend. Sorry about your car. Oh, I Go didn't. Ahead. Okay, so I'll add hunger. Ah, Ooh, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> so then it's eight plus three more. Eleven. Oh my god! Shit. All right. Let's see what I did here. Um, this one's good. This one. All right. So I got four successes, and the rest I only got. I rolled one one, but not more than one. All right. It doesn't matter. You're very strong, and it is a shed that you had already kind of broken. Uh, what do you yell as you are flexing and summoning your vampire strength? Are you a grunter? Or is oh. there a phrase? No, you are it's alone. More, yeah, yeah. I think it's more. It's more just like the definite like animal growl, like in the chest kind of noise of like angry animal. <laughs> Fair enough. So with that cry, uh, you yank upwards and essentially tear the shed out of the ground. You hear that ripping of grass and metal where it's stretching until it escapes bolts and it peels off the floor and off the fence around it. Uh, And you throw it aside and you are assailed with the smell of smoke and blood. Uh, And when you look down on the concrete pad where the shed had originally been been mounted, you see a ring of ash around which in blood have been daubed a series of symbols. uh, And there is a corpse laying in the center of it in the uniform of an orderly that says Sunset Retirement Home, only its face has been flensed completely away exposing blood, exposing musculature, and a terrifying scream. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Lori Elizabeth at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan LaPlante at The Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and our show log was created by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.